This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. You're not only human, you're also a soul having a human experience. Your body is the vehicle through which your soul expresses its unique gifts and talents. Your body is how your soul gets things done here on the material plane. Your body is also a sensory instrument through which you experience and interact with life and others, creating countless opportunities for your growth and evolution. Our thoughts about our bodies are much more powerful. They're generated within the body and there's no way the body can't hear them. The mind is the body's ultimate influencer. Negative thoughts will break us down and create disease, but thinking the best possible thoughts about our bodies can help us with everything from weight management to miracles of self-healing. Valeria Tellez interviews Nikki D'Antoni. She is a weight management coach, blogger, and speaker. Meet Nikki at NikkiD'Antoni.com. Here is the interview with Nikki D'Antoni. Nikki D'Antoni is a coach specializing in weight management, eating disorder recovery, and body image healing. Both overweight and then anorexic in her 20s, Nikki has kept over 40 pounds off and 15 pounds on for more than 30 years. She loves to help others find their path to weight maintenance, reframe their feelings about their bodies, and develop greater autonomy and freedom around food, no matter where they're starting from. A graduate of Columbia University, Nikki holds a master's degree in occupational therapy with 17 years of clinical experience prior to becoming a coach. Nikki has completed training in multiple energetic healing modalities to support clients in changing their patterns, beliefs, and habits. She writes Be Enlightened, a blog with a holistic and spirited view of our relationship with food, weight, and the body. Nikki's coaching practice is open to individuals, couples, and small groups. Her educational programs include Stop Cravings Cold, a course which addresses cravings and loss of control around food, and Thin from the Inside Out, a one-year program for those committed to deeper identity transformation, which leads to effortless long-term weight control. Nikki is the developer of Shapeshifter TM, a unique energetic technique for self-awareness, emotional release, and behavioral change. She offers services in person and remotely. In your own words, who is Nikki D'Antoni? I am a health crusader. I've always been interested in health, and my life's work is to help people optimize their own health and well-being. How did you discover that, your purpose, your passion in life? I think it's only recently dawned on me that everything I've ever done has really been around that topic. Uh, every career path or every and every hobby uh, seems to lead me down that same to that same place so it it's just become apparent to me that 
that's my whole mindset and my outlook. And I just um, take on every particular health challenge or specific health concern or interest in the same manner, uh, knowing beyond a doubt that we can affect our outcome and we can make a difference. And uh, that's how I've approached every health challenge I've had and try to help others do the same. How do you define health these days? And basically, what is to be healthy to you? I really feel that that's a holistic, uh, I take a holistic view of that. We can be really physically robust and healthy, but mentally or emotionally or spiritually, we aren't in that same space. So I, I think that to be truly healthy is to be balanced and to have found an enriching life in all of those arenas. And I wonder if it is possible, Nikki, to be balanced in harmony, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and spiritually. I wonder too. I can't, <laughs> yes, I can't say that I achieve <laughs> yes. it every day. Right. And I, <laughs> I, think it's, I think that it's part of being human to not necessarily be there every day, um, balanced in every way. We're all pulled in different directions and having our own responses to life. But in general, if we can remain a boat that won't tip over, mm. we're being balanced. And another question that came to mind is, what is to be spiritually healthy? What is your spiritual practice? Do you have any spiritual beliefs? I pray daily and I have a gratitude practice. And I try to practice forgiveness if there's anything that I feel like is troubling me. And I generally try to approach life as if God is showing up in form in every event, person, condition. This is meant for my evolution and that life has shown up, created both for me and by me. Uh, and... It's up to me how I respond, and I try to meet each situation with some element of reverence and resilience and forward-looking in terms of making progress and, and being more spiritually aware, shall we say. Where, what, and who is God to you? Well, I don't think of God as a man in the sky. Uh, to me, God is the energy, the boundlessness that's all around us, unifying all of us. And I feel as if a purposeful life will lead us closer to recognizing that we're all connected and that we're all, there's a sense of oneness with that universal energy. And there's an element of love and compassion in everything that we're doing because at the end of our lives, how well we've managed to love one another is really all that matters. Yeah, so true, Nikki. Beautifully said. Yes. Uh, I agree a billion times with that. And um, another question came to mind. Is that this feeling of connectivity, is that part of that balance you spoke earlier, bringing all these parts together and feeling of living this balanced life? Would that be the sign? I I think you're right about that. I think if we are feeling as if all parts of our lives, of our life is you know, connected and 
orchestrated to bring about the whole, then mm, yeah. on some level we are more balanced. Another question that I usually ask here is about the idea of purpose. What do you think the purpose of life is as a whole? Let me ask you a more specific question. If life had one purpose, one purpose only, what would that be? Evolution. I feel the soul's evolution, our own evolution as souls in a human body, the evolution to achieve our fullest human potential and also a greater understanding on a soul level of what love and compassion are about. I love that. And um, when you say the word love, love, compassion, I think about self-love and self-compassion, those um, almost like foundational practices in order to expand out in, into the world and love others and be compassionate toward others. We need to to find that for ourselves. Is that something that you agree with? Yes, Absolutely. It has been my case. <laughs> Interesting how that changed everything. Just having this it has to do with self-awareness, of course, but self-love, holding whatever is here sacred and whole already, that made such a huge difference in the conditioned mind and body in so many ways. So another question I have for you, or the initial questions, are about healing. What are some of the misconceptions we have about healing? I think that the mind can heal the body, and we don't necessarily recognize the power of our mind to do that and to influence what's happening on a physical level. Yet I also feel like there isn't any reason to not explore all that modern medicine has to offer. There can be a balanced approach to doing this. We have to handle our internal dialogue and the stories we tell ourselves about our bodies in order to achieve healing uh, and the stories we tell ourselves about our pasts in order to achieve mental health healing from trauma. Um, there are, are a whole host of things we need to hold ourselves to do even as we reach out for remedies and support and technologies that are available to us. So healing ultimately is going to come down to what the person feels is most effective for them. Yet there are many avenues to create and find healing. And often I wonder, how do we find that path for those who are thinking now about changing their lives and creating a new dialogue within a new different of narration of our own lives. How do we find the right coach or healer, somebody that can guide us? I think this is internal. No coach can provide this. You know, a coach can help with uh, guidance, but for change to occur, it has to come from the client. The coach is only there as a conduit. A healer is only there as a conduit. A Really, what happens first, and I think you alluded to this already, is a level of acceptance of things as they are, because that is the bedrock for change. It's what has to exist before you can love yourself and can commit to making change, because in that process of review, evaluation, and acceptance, you come face to face with the things that you want to change. And... Once you know what you want to change, 
I mean, it requires being able to be objective and compassionate, but also see where you feel you can improve and want to improve and viewing yourself as worthy by accepting yourself as worthy of the time, effort, and energy it takes to make the change, whether that's a mindset shift or it's addressing your physical form or it's changing anything about your life, it takes effort. And to do that, we have to accept where we're at and go from there. Speaking of acceptance, I love that idea that we can accept everything that's happening now, the way we are and the way life is happening right now. Yes. And I wonder how we distinguish, how do we learn to know the difference between acceptance and giving up? Because some people, uh -huh. yeah, they go in that direction. That's a wonderful question. And for, I have to say, that probably tormented me for about 20 years. I always felt like self-acceptance was akin to resignation, was simply another word for giving up or for not making an effort. And I have to say that what I recognized eventually was that, again, it, it's the basis for making change. And it is not, it, just like life, there's some duality here. It is not an either-or situation. You can accept yourself as you are, but still change what you must in order to feel good. You can work towards self-improvement because self-acceptance and making progress are not at odds with one another. And in fact, true self-love will also involve deciding that you want to be your best and holding yourself to, an, to your goals because you are doing it for yourself. So self-acceptance and forward progress, making change or changing what you're not happy with, they go hand in hand. There's no other way to get from where you are to where you want to be without accepting where you are. Because in that mm. moment, right. you are loving yourself and you're saying, I'm worthy despite these quote unquote deficiencies mm. and I'm going to change these things about myself. Right. And you then have the energy behind it. It does. It creates this space of inner peace and clarity has been my experience when I came to live, to practice this idea of self-acceptance. And then everything opened up. It was so much easier to see clearly what to do next to make the yes. change that I wanted to make. Yes. So, so true. When you speak about um, becoming our best, being our best, I hear that a lot or reaching our highest potential, all these ideas. So another thing that I kind of concerns me in a way is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So expecting, you know, creating those high expectations and putting pressure, a lot more pressure, forcing ourselves to do things that, that we are not meant to do or we are not ready to do. Talk to me for a moment about that balance again between being our best and not striving to become perfect. Perfectionism is definitely a hard one. Uh, it's something I struggled with for a long time. But I can only, I can use our relationship with our bodies as an example because that is the medium, if you will, through which I work. And we have the habit of looking outside of ourselves for feedback about our bodies and for deciding how we are going to construct our body image, for example. Looking outside of ourselves for validation is a normal response to being looked at. And it's a normal response 
in a society which values appearance, but it also plays right into that that construct of needing to be perfect. And we tend to spend a lot of time focused on getting and interpreting external feedback that we get by looking outside, comparing ourselves to others and to pictures, hearing or witnessing the comments or feelings of others about our bodies, uh, projecting what we think other people think about our bodies, and even having the feelings we want to induce others to feel when they look at us, uh, desire or admiration. Um, All of this takes us out of our bodies and kind of disconnects us from the reflection within, which is the body is a gift and it can't be replicated. It's our vehicle. It's the vehicle through which we do our unique work on the planet. And once we make a leap from looking outside ourselves for this and instead looking inside and seeing the truth that we are perfect as we were created, that can support us in walking through the door energetically speaking and mentally speaking to recognizing that there is a level of perfection already here and that we we don't need to push ourselves or force ourselves to something that is unattainable. It's about cherishing what we have, recognizing its perfection as it is, and even still being clear we'd like to achieve running that marathon or um, lifting that 100-pound weight. It, it's okay to have that as a goal, even as you accept that in the flesh you are perfect already. I absolutely love that. Perfection is already here. We are already perfect. I absolutely agree. I call it even fulfillment. This is already fulfillment to be here in a human body. You are right. Right? What else? I mean, everything else is almost like uh, it's an extra gift. (laughs) All these little gifts within this huge gift that we already are. Oh, Nikki, that's a wonderful message. And um, how did you come to that? That's one of the, the most powerful realizations that I can think of. You know, I've been fighting with myself about how I looked for most of my life. So I think I finally, I have a blog post about this actually on my website. I It's called The Truth About Your Body. And it was just a few years ago that I really finally made a breakthrough to recognizing that I needed to picture myself as flawless, which is exactly the message that I got from the universe. That that was how I would drop my stories about what was wrong with me and actually become a healthier person. When you talk about comparison, so I read that in one of the articles you sent to me, something that you have written, The Body Appreciation Spell One, this is will be part of of your book, future book, hopefully soon. So come back, (laughs) talk to me about that. Something caught my attention there really powerfully was this idea of comparison and you just spoke about now, kill the comparisons. Again, is there a balance where it's okay to admire and to become inspired by what other people are doing, what they look like even, but without trying to be like them? 
can we do that? Because I see that sometimes I, I see some people in my family, even some women in my family, they look so beautiful and so healthy. And, and they inspired me to become or to do something on the outside to be more like that, not like them, but some improvements per se or some change. Is there a balance for that or, or this is engaging in comparison and in, in living a life that's not meaningful? You know, you know what? This is an excellent point. I really feel as if there are people who are inspirations to us. And if you find someone as an inspiration, then that's wonderful. Go ahead and be inspired. But if you find yourself looking at magazines or watching videos and feeling negative about yourself, feeling disturbed, distressed, anxious, inferior, unfit, then that's when you've crossed a line to comparing and berating yourself, uh, harassing your body, not not accepting it, not loving it. And I, I feel as if women with body image problems may often find themselves doing that second thing as opposed to being inspired. And it, it pays for a period of time to perhaps curate what you're allowing because there needs to be a reset. You need to have certain mental hygiene practices where you will not allow negative self-talk. And there needs to be environmental hygiene practices. You will not allow imagery that makes you feel terrible about yourself. And it's okay to turn it off. It's okay to throw the magazines out. And that's what that spell is about. It sets you down that path to deciding that things that make you feel bad, they can be trashed. They can be, you know gotten rid of. Only the things that inspire you should remain. And if there are pictures like that or people like that, then absolutely, those can remain. So it's it's about the person finding what works for them. But I wanted to give every woman who's grappling with body image problems permission to say, you know what, this doesn't serve me. And I'm about taking care of myself. So I will clean my environment up and get rid of the things that hurt me. I noticed that a lot in the fitness industry, so being fit, that a lot of people, around my family, my husband and I, we were into fitness for all our lives, really, and then yes. we look fit. And then when we are in family gatherings or around family, I noticed that, that they all look at us and they, oh, you know, I wish it was like this, and I really want to, and they ask questions about how to change, what to eat, and all that. And I see that they are not really, hopefully not comparing, they're actually being reminded that they could do better, improve their health, and, and exercise. That's a good thing. Yeah, Ryan Aiken. Yeah, exercise, self care, and self love. Why not? I want to talk to you for a moment about what you do. You are a weight management coach, and also you developed the Shape Shifter. This is an, a unique energetic technique for self awareness, emotional release, and behavioral change. Oh, I love everything that you do <laughs> and the way you do it too, especially with that foundation of self-acceptance, of fine, knowing that you're already perfect. Now we can just dance with the imperfections, right, around that. So talk to me about um, how it works to hire you. Do you coach individuals, groups, and uh, also corporations online, offline? Well, people can reach out to me via my website and let me know what they need. But typically, Shapeshifter is 
a session that's done by phone. Um, it can also be done in person. It's not done by Zoom because I don't want people to have the experience of being looked at. I want them to be able to experience things somatically and energetically without feeling like they're being observed. And that's that's very important, I think, when you're trying to get people to be re-embodied and not um, experiencing the what they look like, thinking about their appearance all the time, even in a session. So they can work with me doing shapeshifter sessions at any time. They don't need to be a coaching client. They can also reach out to me for support as a coach. Typically, I work with couples and I work with small groups, maybe three or four people at a time, uh, or a couple, a man and wife or two wives or two husbands, uh, couples that, that are living together and need support to modify their habits and manage their weight. And I typically specialize in weight maintenance, meaning folks that have lost some weight and are hoping to avoid yo-yoing um, or people with eating disorders who are hoping to stop binging, stop starving, and find peace with the, a weight that they're comfortable at. Yeah, what a wonderful service to offer because you are bringing this enlightened. Actually, I think that's the name of your blog, isn't it? Be enlightened. Oh, and that's to me enlightenment, reminding people that's not about losing weight, it's actually being aware of thought patterns and how we have been so caught up in that in this story of belief systems that no longer serves us. So I love that approach, Nikki. I try to help clients make the right decision for themselves. Losing weight is not necessarily the right thing for everybody. Some people may decide to lose just a little and maintain that. Some may decide to just stay the weight they are and not gain any. And that, in our society, takes effort as well. But to know what to do and to stay to be as healthy as possible at the weight you're at, that that takes a little work. And certainly if anyone has lost a significant amount of weight, knowing what to do not to put it back on, that's important. And we don't talk a lot about weight maintenance. We talk a lot about weight loss, but that's, you know, weight maintenance is where the rubber hits the road. That's the long game. And I try to get clients to see this is not about the short game. This is about the long game. I have a few more questions for you. I have way too many, actually, with the time. Not enough time, but way too many questions. You also have a course titled Stop Cravings Cold and also Weight Management Masterclass. Talk to me for a moment about them. Well, Stop Cravings Cold is going to be rolling out in 2022, and that tries to address some of the root causes of cravings and also um, the main deterrent to binging, which is self-love. Because if you think about it, if you had a child and it was hungry, you'd give it what it needed and not force it to eat more than it needed and because you love it and you want to nourish it. And if we turn that same eye or lens upon ourselves and we look at how we eat, we realize that food is very, we have a relationship with food that's emblematic of our relationship with ourselves. And um, in order to change that, self-love is the answer. Uh, one one big part of the answer. So that will be in 2022. And the masterclass, um, typically a few times a year, I do a 12-week masterclass for small groups. So, And you have all this information on your website, which yes. I'll have on the podcast profile. Yes. 
Beautiful. And I love, as I mentioned off record, I love the ideas you live by that you have on your website. Very spiritual, which I'm something, it, spirituality is just a label, but it's something that I'm very much uh, attracted to. You say self-acceptance is a spiritual practice, one. And then we are all unique expressions of the one. And then discipline is the backbone of freedom. Your mind is a magnet. Dwell on good things. I love them. I also love the idea that we can always dance with good thoughts and always kind of be in this state of mind that's it's light, it's playful. But it's not always possible. But it, it seems like it's possible to be aware of the negative thoughts or anything that's dark and not to engage with them and not to express them in the physical world. I noticed that, that that is possible. I'm not sure if we can always be in the state of mind that is positive and happy, but I think it can be peaceful, right, Nikki? I agree with you. We can't, we're human. We can't always be in a perfected, perfected state of mind or a state of mind that does not acknowledge that life is painful. That's the thing. Life is not painless, but it is perfect for us the way that it is, the way that it's showing up. And if we can step back and approach it from that perspective, and no matter where we are or what conditions we're facing, to dwell on the best things we can to put our minds on what we do have some element of control over or involvement in the outcome. We need to focus on what's possible and be compassionate for ourselves in the process, not expecting perfection because that's not going to happen. Even the idea that love, like loving other people, loving ourselves, our own bodies, or loving anything, there is also always the possibility of losing that. Yes. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. I love something that you wrote on the blog post titled, Why I Love to Help People Lose Weight and Keep It Off. So you wrote something there that I have actually as the introduction of this episode. You say, you are not only human, you are also a soul having a human experience. Your body is the vehicle through which your soul expresses its unique gifts and talents. Your body is how your soul gets things done here on the material plane. Of course, you said a lot more than that, but that to me says it all. This That you're coming from a place of deeper realization that we are not much more than the physical body, but we are the body, the physical body, and also something that can never die, something that can never, that's already perfect, that's eternal, that's just this, I mean, we cannot even talk about it because <laughs> I, I don't think we have words for it. <laughs> so I love that, Nate, that you integrate. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's really, truly beautiful. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for the encouragement. The body appreciates and <laughs> sometimes gets tired. <laughs> How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? I work a whole lot and I feel like the next step for me in being successful is having more time 
to pray and to play with the people mm. I love. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to play. and oh, I love that. <laughs> to have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's also what life's about. I Experiences. Agree. So. And then this question, what is another word for life? Unity. Because I feel we're all part of a web. And the last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? I would say self-love. That's number one. Number two, the knowledge that there are no problems, only choices. Mm. <laughs> And I think I would want everyone to recognize that The physical experience is unfortunately short and they shouldn't waste a moment of it on TV. Another powerful message. Yes. That was kind of meant to be a joke, but, <laughs> but I do live Not by that. Right? I don't watch television. So. <laughs> yes. So that makes so much sense to me because I do see that. And I wonder what have you found to be so, what's the word that I can use? Damaging or unsupporting of natural living? Or health living when it comes to watching TV? Well, I think you, you just put your finger right on it. It's a way of getting us to consume both thoughts and more food and things we don't need and spend time that we could be spending doing things that are of more, more value to humanity and to our own lives. So I just find it to be, and I'm You know, I shouldn't make judgments. People can do what they want to do. Mm -hmm, yeah. But I certainly, <laughs> I feel like I get a lot more done and I get a lot more out of life the less, the less time I spend on television. Thank you so much, Nikki, for everything that you do, the way you do it. I love, love, love the, um, the spiritual aspect that you bring into what you do. So it's just this, you just being life itself doing what it does. I thank you and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your products, work, services, and future projects? Uh, at NikkiDeAntony.com. That's N-I-K-K-I-D-A-N-T-O-N-I.com. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nikki DeAntony and her work, please visit NikkiDeAntony.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.